Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. It's Paul Hamilton. That's what they called me in college. It's the bone. He has the facts to back up his opinions. People ask me, well, how are the Sabres going to win tonight? I don't have a clue. On WGR Sports Radio 550. Paul Hamilton joining us on the Wester Hotline. Paul's Sabres reports on WGR brought to you by Equitable Advisors. Thinking about today and planning for tomorrow. And by Raylax Honda. Raylax. We got this. Good morning, Jeremy White, Sneaky Joe. It is a uh, Wednesday. Howard's off today, and Paul's on the Western Hotline. Paul, we got Sabres news. They're off for a week, but we got uh, we got pretty big news yesterday in the Dylan Cousins extension. Yeah, they're almost back tomorrow at three. They they finally get back to practice. But yes, uh, uh, Dylan Cousins becomes the third one now that Kevin Adams has decided to take from the core and to lock up, and it's something Adams has talked about since he's been the GM, but really, you know, as people say, actions speak louder than words, but he really couldn't do the actions because nobody was really in line to be extended for the first three years or so since he's been here. So he had to like make trades to get Ben Bishop or somebody like that to get to the salary cap floor. And he would always say, we're not going to be doing this to be at the salary cap floor forever. It's something that you have to do now. But that's not the way, you know, it's it's going to be. But, you, you know, the old saying, talk's cheap. And people were, you know, all right, when are you going to start this, start doing this? And not only did he have to show fans, I think he has to show his players that he means what he says, too. And that, then all of a sudden he starts signing Thompson and Samuelson and now Cousins. And he's showing the players that he's doing exactly what he said he would do, you know. Find players, young players that they want to develop, develop them. And if they do the things they're supposed to do and they earn it, they're the ones that are going to be paid. They'll pay their own. And that's exactly what he has started to do now with these three signings. With Cousins, Paul, one of the things I remember about his growth here would have been early on, I think he gets in a fight against the Rangers at Madison Square Garden. You came on the next day. To say basically, like, this guy's captain material, Cousins. And you, you would, of course, have been around him. So, mm-hmm. you know, the Sabres make a bet on Cousins. And his his growth this year and his overall game, I think, has been apparent to a lot of people to watch this team. He's he's not quite the score that Thompson is, but the, the, the overall game, I think this has been the year Sabres fans have really come to appreciate a lot of what Dylan Cousins does. And it's something that, obviously, the Sabres value, and I want to say you kind of saw right from the start when he showed up. Yeah, especially like last year, you know, when they were on that streak at the end of the year, he was playing very well, but he couldn't get the puck in the net. I think he went the last, what was it, 
13 games or 15 games, something like that, without a goal. But he had all sorts of opportunities. He was creating offense. He was doing the things necessary. The puck just wasn't going in. And Team Canada was really the thing that got him going. He decided when he accepted the invitation to go to that tournament at the World Championship that he was really going to work on putting the puck in the net, not around the net, not into the goaltender, but in the net. And that, you know, he had talked with, with Granado about that before he had left on their exit interview. So that's the kind of thing he really wanted to work at. And sure enough, he, he led the tournament in goals. And I think that was the confidence he needed that, okay, I can score. You know, the puck can go into the net for me. And, uh, you know, he's had that confidence now moving forward as, as he's gotten into this season. And you could see it coming but it just wasn't going into the net for him last year. And, you know, that's been the difference for him. Now, you know, I still think he's captain material, although I don't think he'll wind up being the captain. I think it will wind up being Rasmus Dahlin once Kyle Laposo isn't playing here anymore. But that's not an embarrassment or anything like that. He's still going to be a leader on this team. And you talked about having Tage Thompson, and he's not going to be, you know, what Thompson's going to – is and that's a good thing because now their top two centers are not only signed for seven years but they're different and they they kind of have a one-two punch that's a little bit different and i think that's a good thing i mean thompson's the superstar type of guy score cousins certainly can score a big goal for you but he's more of a two-way type of a player that can win some draws and and do some of the other things in a game, but certainly is not going to take a back seat when it comes to scoring or anything like that. So I think it's, you know, what Adams has built here with his top two centers, having two guys that have different attributes that they bring to the table, I think really is going to be a good thing for the Sabres moving forward. And um, something I mentioned yesterday, I think maybe it was with Shope and the Bulldog, uh, was, you know, if – if, if they get to a point where this group wins a Stanley Cup in the next couple of years, I would say t- Cousins probably has more of a chance to be like the Smythe Trophy winner. <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Because it's never – no, I won't say never. It's not always the guy who's the best guy on the team is your best player. It sometimes is. But sometimes it's that guy who does a lot of different things for you, who will is come through with that two or three – huge goals in the playoffs or something. I could see Cousins being the guy that could do that uh, if the superstar doesn't wind up being the MVP of the Stanley Cup uh, as the Consumite Trophy winner. When If it's not Darlene or Thompson, you know, something like that, I could really see Cousins being in that role where he's really maybe their value, most valuable guy in a playoff run. And I've been wondering, Paul, just – I mean, center – it's it's maybe that franchise defenseman, like the most important things to have on a team. Before the drought began, how many years did we all complain about what they were 1-2 down the middle? And to have these two players playing like this at the ages they are, right? It's 25 and 21, and now on a combined cap hit of about $14 million. I mean, I've been wondering, Paul, like how many teams in the league would you rather... Would you rather start your franchise with one, two down the middle than that? I mean, I'm sure there are some, but it's not many. The age, the contract, like they have, it seems, one of the most, if not the most important position figured out for seven years. Yeah, exactly. And 
Joe, do you remember back when they had Eichel and O'Reilly? They had two really, really good centers, but for whatever the reasons were, it didn't work. They were still one of the worst teams in the National Hockey League, and they had some other good forwards. They had Evander Kane, who was an excellent player. They had Sam Reinhardt, who was an excellent player. But it didn't work. They were still one of the worst teams in the National Hockey League for, for whatever the reasons were. Whereas this looks like it's starting to work. You know, it's it's starting to move forward. It's starting to, um, I retweeted out uh, an interview with uh, Craig Button. And if you're a Sabre fan, you want to real feel good about your team, listen to that from yesterday. I mean, he just, for eight minutes, sounded like he was the owner of the Buffalo Sabres. I mean, he just was glowing about this team and the thing, the, the pieces that they have and the growth that's coming from this team and not only the guys that are starting to be stars now, but he mentioned Paterka and Quinn and guys who also can, you know, be part of this group moving forward. And, he, you know, he just loves this team and the way it's been constructed and how it is. Paul Hamilton on the Western Hotline. Paul, what it all looks like to me, is that the Sabres are on the right track or on the... I mean, cutting edge might be going a little far. The new landscape of contracts and player development in the, in the league is bridge deals going away and identifiable young stars. Like, I'm just going through the last few seven- and eight-year contracts that have been signed. And Ottawa got Stutzel for one. The Sabres, of course, have done it with Thompson and... Cousins, Minnesota does it with Matthew Boldy. Um, the other ones, of course, are like the 29- and 30-year-old guys, Horvats and Nazem Kadri and Huberto getting deals that are 30. I think the smart teams, if given the opportunity, it, it, this is what to do. It's get prime years of this player. The key is, and this is where you know, I got a message on Twitter about this yesterday, I hope the, the deal doesn't blow up in your face. It probably shouldn't. Find the guys that are right for it and then – nail down you will have their prime it's not just the sabers a lot of teams are doing it but it's good to see the sabers are on this track adams from what i remember was the first one really talking about it because he's been talking about this since he got the job and this is what he talked about his plan everybody want to know his plan and this is something he's talked about and it's the first one i really have heard talking about it but as, you, as I said, he really couldn't put it into effect because he didn't have guys to extend at that time to give contract extensions to uh, because he was just building what his vision was for a hockey team. So, um, yeah, it definitely bridge contracts seem to be a thing of the past now, and things are changing so fast in the NHL when it comes to these types of deals. And I found it interesting, too, that Adams was just able to slot Cousins perfectly, but he didn't have a lot of room because Boldy's a winger and he just went seven for seven. And Cousins' numbers are a little bit better than the same draft, but he's a centerman. Centermen are more valuable than wingers in the National Hockey League. But you don't want to put him ahead of Tage Thompson, who's your superstar, who's sitting there at 714. So they they just got Cousins right in the dead center of 7.1 where Thompson still is making more money than he is and Cousins is making more money than the winger Boldy who who he has a little bit better numbers for and it was just I just think he slotted him in perfectly there Paul Hamilton on the Wester hotline 
So, Paul, next up, I mean, Darlene has this year and next year under contract before he gets extended. Joe, you tweeted out what happens with Owen Power. Like, Power is no doubt a player they would love to lock up to seven, eight years. The, well, nu- the number on that, though, is tough because, yeah. Paul, as much as I might think that Power is a great player, you know, Samuelson got a deal from the Sabres without scoring an NHL goal. He's, and when Samuelson got extended, he had played, I think, 54 games, and yeah. Power right now has played 55 games. So they might want to do something with Power. That might be a, t- a tougher one. If you're Owen Power and you want to make as much money as you can, not to say go like all the way to the wall, I just don't know if he gets the, the value he deserves yet without more points. You know, I, I know that defenseman's a tough position for this. Darlene's got the points to back up an $11 million contract when the time comes. Power might be worth nine, and I just don't know if he has the contribution to necessarily to get that yet. So while bridge deals, we're laying this all out how bridge deals can kind of go away, They've gone away because the players the players don't have necessarily a big incentive to, to hit those bridge deals anymore. Power might be a little bit trickier. Yeah, they're both they're next. I mean, Darlene and Power, you can do next year. And you're right. Darlene, I can sit here and, and tell you all where I th- about where I think he's going to wind up. I can't tell you at all what kind of contract Power could wind up with. First – as far as getting points, they're not worried about that at all because they know he's going to get points uh, as he grows. You know, Darlene, look at him. I mean, he's not. I don't think he's ever going to put up points like Darlene is right now. But you know, Darlene has already hit career highs and goals, assists, and points. And where are we? We're, we're not even. He's still got what thirty-two games left to play. So. I, points I don't think is really going to enter into it at all. It's where do you feel, you know, he's going to be in seven years. You know, where what are you projecting for him for seven years? Just like Samuelson, the last thing they think about is points when it comes to locking him up for a deal. So you're right. I don't I I don't know what you you're going to wind up with even money wise. What you're going to wind up with power. Or, or where he would fit in. Darlene's easy. The The highest-paid defenseman right now is Eric Carlson at 11.5. Next is Drew Doughty at 11. Both are older, you know, way over 30. And then uh, Zach Warinski of Columbus is number three, you know, hmm. but he's only 24. Now, Darlene is a lot better hockey player than Zach Warinski is. And Zach Warinski, I'm going by memory, something like 9.4, something like that. It's in that little give or take in that range. Um, I think they make Dowling the highest paid defenseman in the league. So it may wind up 12. You know, by the time they get to him next year, you know, he may wind up getting 12. Unless, the, unless you know, they wind up getting a discount like they got with Thompson and they got with Samuelson. A lot of people went the other way with those two. It's like, what are they thinking? Why are they signing that deal right now? What were they, what? Well, they could have got so much more money, you know, if they waited a year or whatever. What are they thinking type of a thing? So I don't know if we'll get the what is Rasmus Dahlin thinking deal, which would be under $10 million, something like that. Um, I, I really think the way Rasmus Dahlin and, – and the thing is, I don't think he's there yet. I think he's going to get better than what we're seeing. And I think they – well, I know they think that too. So Rasmus Dahlin – could be between 11 and a half and 12, you know, when, when, yep. when they start talking to him. 
803-0550. If you want to chime in on this at all, Sabres. Next play, Calgary. We're talking about the Cousins extension. So Cousins, Thompson, Dalene, no doubt, will be a part of this. Power will be. Samuelson. Paul, so if we label those five as firmly established core pieces, which player on the roster do you see as right behind that? Next. Organizational importance. How about how about that? Right, they've they've identified three big long extensions. We know Darlene is on that list of to do. So is Power. The next name. Now it's who's going to develop. You know, is it Quinn and Paterka? I I think they definitely have the talent to be big scores in the National Hockey League, and have shown us at times that they can be. You know, they're finding their way right now. You know, are they the guys? What are your number three, your three number one picks who many thought the Sabres just did so well with those three picks, Savoy last year and uh, Kulik and Oslin. They really thought those Buffalo did great. Are one of those three going to develop into something that's going to, you know, get into this category that we're talking about? What about your goaltenders? What about Lukanen and Levi? Are one of them, you know, going to grow? And then you get into the into the talk. Do you pay a goaltender? You know, do, do, do you, Tampa Bay did. I mean, Tampa Bay Vasilevsky. You know, paid mm-hmm. Vasilevsky. Now Montreal paid Price, but once they paid Price, they never really could fill in the team around them. You know, because they paid Price so much. Price deserve. If somebody was going to get that money, Price certainly deserved it. But then you get into the talk of. Do you pay a goaltender like that? And will one of those two goaltenders very soon get into a place where, you know, they're going to get paid like that? And that, that'll be interesting, you know, how, how they handle their goaltenders if they develop the way they're supposed to. So those are the guys right now that I think are on the verge, uh, especially Paterka and Quinn, you know, or, or somebody like Savoy. You know who who's doing well in junior right now. Those mm-hmm. got those might be the guys who are next once you get past Darlene and Power. To circle back to Cousins too, as you're talking about Paterka and Quinn developing, I, I saw a good breakdown, Paul, of Cousins' game this year and how he's one of the best offensive zone entry men in the entire league. And the guys around him that are about as good as he is or better, their offensive numbers are a good amount higher than his. Like we're talking about elite offensive contributors. And I wonder if you might think, I don't know if there, you would think there's a Thompson-level explosion there, but I am thinking about how he's almost at a point per game, and he's been playing with two rookies almost yeah. the entire season. Like, if what you're saying happens, that Quinn and Paterka do take steps forward like we think they will, I mean, aren't we talking about Cousins being a, above a point-a-game player year-to-year, and maybe there is another step offensively? I think that's where he's going to be, and... If he continues to play with those two, his assists are really going to go up. And I didn't blink at all when a 21-year-old was the oldest guy on the line and they put those three together. Normally, I would have. Normally, I would have said, what's Granado thinking? I don't think this is a good idea. I mean, you got two guys trying to find their way, and you're going to put a 21-year-old in between them uh, who's kind of, you know, who's found his way but is still, you know, improving and everything. But... I didn't blink once when it, Cousins was that 21-year-old because he plays older, you know, than he actually is. You got—I always got to remind myself: this kid's only 21, really. 
you know, type of thing. But, you know, and he's the leader on that line, and he loves it. See, he that's the stuff he thrives on. He thrives that he's been given that responsibility. Uh, and and he, as he says, too, he goes, everybody talks about me bringing them. He goes, I learn a lot from those two, you know. He goes, I really do. He goes, whether it's practice or the games, he goes, I'm learning from them all the time. And uh, so he goes, it's a two-way street. It's not just him leading the line or anything like that. And I think it's a testament to him and his abilities that Don Granado has zero problem with throwing Dylan Cousins between those two youngsters as the old guy of the line. Paul Hamilton on the West Her Hotline. Thanks, Paul. We'll talk again uh, You know, now that the games are coming back. When yeah, you, the, we, Sab- the Sabers need to come back because the other teams are starting to, to pick up points in the standings, and it's time to punch back. You know, Pittsburgh and, got yeah. two, and everybody will be done with their breaks now because some teams, the teams that have been playing this week, had their break before the All Star game, and now the teams that are, you know, are going to get back to practice and can start playing on Saturday, and Buffalo's going to have games in hand. And uh, well, by Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh will have another game by then, mm-hmm. so they'll probably have a game in hand on Pittsburgh. Uh, by the time, but certainly the results are not going their way. You would think you'd get some help from Colorado, yeah, and uh, you didn't. So, uh, and that's unfortunately Man. the thing about this is you get up there and then you don't play for a while. Did you get down? Now you got to climb back up again. They've been able to do it. You know, they they've done this yo-yo before, where they almost got there and then they weren't playing for a bit, and I think they had four days off. And the other teams went back ahead of them, and then they had to climb back, and they did. But, you know, that's that's the problem. When you get yourself way behind, you you just almost get there. And then there's nothing you can do about it. So you sit there and watch the other teams go by you. And now it's your turn again. Now you can do something about it. You, it's your turn to play again. Can you put together another streak to get yourself back up there and, and do something about it? It's, it, it's fun. It's an interesting uh you know, for this team, it's, it's very good for this team. Yeah, making the playoffs would be great for this team, great experience. But this process of getting to the playoffs, I think, is great experience for this team uh, in the next 32 games because most of these guys have not been playing games in February that really mean something and been in a playoff race because, as Joe has talked about many times when I've been on – he, we haven't been talking about a playoff race in ten years. Joe was. Yeah. I don't even. I, I was get, in high I don't school. Even get, yeah, high school. Yeah. Last time we were talking about things like this. So you know, it's it's new for everybody, and I think it's good for these guys to go through this. Whether it's Lucan and Ned, or whether it's Cousins or Darlene, or just keep naming the names. I think it's good for these guys to go through all this. Thanks, Paul. Take care, guys. Paul Hamilton. You'll hear him, of course, uh, probably you know later today and tomorrow as well. The Sabres play next against Calgary Saturday afternoon. Did you watch any of that Penguins Avalanche game last night? No, I saw that they scored the Avalanche. Sorry, the Penguins scored late to tie it, and I, mean, I got mad about that. I, I watching the game, you would have got even more. Colorado was at one point in the third period. The shots for the game were thirty-seven to seventeen in favor of Colorado, and it was one to nothing. Is any team? More- and then, did you see the goal Pittsburgh tied it on? Yeah. The goalie like comes out to poke check it away from a player. He kind of misses, and then he's out of the net. And Malkin from behind the net banks it in off the back of the goaltender. Like just the dumbest goal imaginable. It will be so it. annoying if the team that makes it ahead of the Sabers is Pittsburgh. 
super. Who they, needs to see them anymore? With, with by the way, nine overtime losses. Like they're going to make it because they lose in overtime. No, they haven't missed in sixteen years. <sighs> yeah, I'm done. I'm done with them. I'm it, done with Crosby and Malkin, Latang. Just go, go, go away. Eight oh three oh five fifty. We're going to break in Joe Marino. Top of the hour. When we get back, though, I want to start to make a list. We got to make a list, Joe, of something that is happening in the NFL draft prep. It's terrible, and I need you to talk me down. Okay. That's coming up. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during Times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast the chiefs have a better quarterback than the eagles and that means a lot they definitely have a better tight end and that means a lot I think, the, I think the Chiefs have an inferior roster. I think the Eagles have better players top to bottom. And that's why I've said this now for 15 consecutive days. It feels like 15. 31 to 20 Eagles. 31 to 20 Eagles. I think they have better players on their team from top to bottom. Kyle Brandt, good morning football. One thing about the Eagles. So they get a lot of credit for all the sacks. Mm-hmm. They sack the quarterback a lot. Most, most in the league. Yeah. Well, highest win rate, I think, in the league, too. They sacked the quarterback on 11.5% of their pass plays. That is the highest mark of any defense since 2000. Would it matter to you at all if I were to list the quarterbacks that they sacked and how often they sacked those quarterbacks? Would it matter? Maybe a little if it's, like, ridiculous. 
They sacked Carson Wentz nine times. <laughs> okay, it's so already a little bit. They yeah. sacked Daniel Jones nine times. Okay. They sacked Andy Dalton six times. Mm-hmm. Ryan Tannehill six times. Justin Fields six times. Kenny Pickett six times. Dak Prescott six times. Mm-hmm. Matt Ryan four and then down the man, how they only get to Matt Ryan four times? Four that times, was, Matt Ryan. Yeah. Trevor Lawrence four, Rogers three, Tyrod three, Heineke three, Davis Mills three, and then you get into like guys they only got to once, which were okay. A couple of back golf they got to once, but but there's a lot of guys on that list that are notorious for they take a lot of sense. Wentz, Jones, Dalton, Pickett, Tannehill. Is like half of their sacks. Fields even is takes a lot of Fields. sacks. Yeah, even though you know it's fine because he runs a lot. Doesn't mean they're not good rushing the passer, but right. they they definitely did get some pretty big numbers against some guys, especially Wentz nine times in one game. So what should the over under be for sacks by the Eagles in this game? Two and a half. Two and a half. Yeah. Wow, I bet you the number's higher than that. Okay, if if, it, if it's out there, I bet you it's higher than two and a half. I'll take the under. I mean, they're averaging just by that list you went through. What are they averaging? Five. Are they averaging five per game? Two and a half. Mahomes, though, too, like, we're not really talking about his ankle this week, are we? Because he got through last week kind of unscathed. And, I mean, he ran at the end, right? Like, the way they won the game with him out racing an edge player to the sideline, I think we're not thinking about his ankle as much. But... The quick pass game of Kansas City, if they think his ankle's still bothering him a little bit, they could go back to, That's right. we're just going to get the ball out quickly, and the Eagles won't even have an opportunity to sack him. Even if the ball doesn't necessarily, you don't want it to come out early. It's not like Mahomes takes a lot of sacks. He doesn't. No. he's one, Their quick passing game, that's, that's a lot of what their passing game already is. We'll see. All right, so the, I, I told you I want to make a list, and I need you to talk me down from something. So we're just starting... Mock draft season. Yep. Uh, good morning. It's Jeremy and Joe. We're just starting mock draft season. It's like preseason mock draft yeah. season. Mock draft 1.0. Pre-combine. All these guys. Yeah. And between now and the draft, I will click on approximately 500 mock drafts, I'm sure. I can't not do it. I, yep. I want to see, click, all right, who is it? We've got listeners that screenshot their mock drafts and send them to us and say, what do you guys think? You know, like, got one here from a listener who took a bunch of receivers and from Matt. Love it. Great. Yesterday, I clicked on Lance Zerline's mock draft, and it is now, I think, the third or fourth that I've seen where the Bills take Bijan Robinson, running back, Texas. And couldn't be a worse I'm idea. I'm going to need some help here uh-huh. because I've gone down this road before, and I want you to, I want you to stop me. I don't know if I do yet. This is the third straight year where the Bills are going to be mocked in the first round a running back uh-huh. over and over and over again. Two years ago, it was Travis Etienne, right? The Bills are going to take Travis Etienne. Yep. They didn't ultimately get a chance to. Jacksonville took him ahead of time. But it was a year, or at least a whole draft season of, are they going to do it? I wonder if they'll do it. Right. I think they might. It felt and, there like they could actually do yes, it, too. And, and with the Etienne, I thought, okay, you know what? I'm ready to try to defend this a little bit. Mm. Didn't happen. Last year, 
Brees Hall, Brees Hall, Brees Hall. They're going to draft Brees Hall. Mm-hmm. At which point, this was not the same team, not the same year. Like, No, they're not going to do that. They're not going to draft Brees Hall. No, that's not going to happen. Um, they ultimately take James Cook in the second round. Mm-hmm. This after trying to sign J.D. McKissick. They're, they were linked to McCaffrey. They're linked to Barkley in all these rumors. No matter what you do, the NFL media world, Joe, wants to tell you the Bills are trying desperately yeah. to get a stud running back. And here, we're about to enter a draft season where it's 50 times, I'm sure. We will see B. John Robinson of the Bills. Yep. What I want you to do is tell me not to not to believe it, not to oh, after being again and again hit with this. Say, yeah. Well, why is everybody saying it? Should should I believe it? I'll tell you not to believe it. That doesn't mean I don't want you to like create a list of who is out here telling us it's going to happen. Because I'm ready to do that. I guess my question is, why w- we'll make this list? Mike Sando and Lance Zerline are you're, the two you're I remember so far. I'm, we're making a list. Yes, every analyst to say running back. And this is where I'll ask, why do they all do it? Is it because they think it actually might happen? Is it because the the worst-kept secret in the entire league is that the Bills desperately want a stud running back? So there are, I think there are a couple of things that could be happening here. Is one of the things that could be happening that these guys want to put a running back in their mock drafts in the first round? They just want to have B. John Robinson in the first round, so they're finding a spot to do it? Even if he might not go there, that could be happening. I also wonder this. This is more of a real point to be made about maybe even something the Bills are doing behind the scenes. But you mentioned they're connected in rumors to Saquon Barkley and Christian McCaffrey. Like Jake Jay Glazer too. I think had the McCaffrey thing that they were poking around. Like it's not nobody like made up out of thin air. I wonder how much of that is the Bills actually would be interested in an idea like that, and how much of it is. They're being used as a smokescreen. Either they're doing it themselves or other teams are using the Bills as leverage of, you know, the 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 Panthers could say to the 49ers, hey, the Bills are involved. Mm-hmm. And the Niners would believe it because it's sellable enough that, hey, you got this elite team, they're a Super Bowl favorite, they don't have a great running back, so let's put a running back on that team. And that gets used as kind of a smokescreen of, of a bait almost that, oh, they're going to do it if you don't. And that can work for the draft as well. And again, maybe the Bills play into that. Maybe the Bills know that teams can think, hey, we could take a running back. So they'll do their work on running back. They'll be connected to running backs when in the back of their minds they know heading into a draft they will never, ever take one, but they want people to believe that they will. Are you sure they'll never, ever take one? They have taken one I, in the third, the third, and the second, and traded a, a fifth-round draft pick for one all in the last four years. I think, yes. My defense of <laughs> that might be, so the only time they did it higher than the third round, which third round is not nothing, the James Cook pick, remember, they traded down twice. Yep. And it was at the very end of the second round. Like, the, if that's the most premium asset I've got, and they kind of had to be backed into a corner to do it, I think I want to believe they will. Until, Bulldog says this a lot. I'll believe they spend a first round pick or a giant contract on a running back when I see them do it. I, so I'm pretty sure they will never do that. I tend to agree. At this point, they have spent the equivalent of a first round pick on a running back. All four of those picks equal a first round pick, do they not? 
They probably by the value chart. Well, they probably the, put do. the value chart up. What does the last pick in the second, two thirds, and a fifth get you? Maybe that doesn't get you to the first round. But in their in their minds, is that? Does that make it, though, more likely to you that because they've spent the equivalent of a first-round pick in three different players, they would be willing to do it again? Like To me, that could almost solidify the fact that they'd rather take shot after shot after shot in the third round than ever spend a pick on I, the first round. I, like I said, I tend to agree with all that. It, it's tracking to be another year of everybody mocking the Bills a running back. And, you know, is this just because... They want to get B. John Robinson in the first round, and they don't know where else to put him. I mean, Philadelphia is another team where the running back is getting mocked an awful lot. Right. But is that it? If you look at the teams around the Bills, that, wait, listen, I've got to find a way. It's kind of like Howard picks the Bills. He needs to find four losses, so he'll just say, you know you know what? Let's lose on Thanksgiving to the Lions. By the way, a, a, second, a late second and two-thirds is just below what a first-round pick is. In terms of the value chart. And throw in the fifth for Hines, and I can get into that first round? The fifth the fifth is very low. Okay. Like, for comparison, the second round pick has 310 uh, points by the thing I'm looking at, and the Bills' fifth round pick is 20. So, so very low. back to this point about why, why people think... Yeah, why, why they're getting think, to it in the first place. Is it because they think, all right, well, no one's going to take a running back really early. That ship has sailed. Right. So, I've got to get Robinson in the first round, and at 17, they have Najee Harris. It, that's the Steelers. At 18, the Lions have DeAndre Swift. At 19, the Bucks aren't going to go running back. The Seahawks have a running back. They're 20. The Chargers are good with Eckler. They're 21. The Ravens at 22. The Vikings yeah. have Dalvin Cook. The Jaguars have... I'm like going through these. Jaguars is Travis Etienne. 25 is the Giants, who have Saquon Barkley, maybe if he returns. 26 is Dallas. Zeke, they love Zeke. They're not going to take another. All right. Is it just that? Trying to find a spot for a running back in the first round and then, all right, yeah, the Bills. Because they want to put him in it. They want to put B. John Robinson somewhere. in it somewhere because he is being talked about like the best running back prospect since Barkley in the draft. And Barkley went second. Barkley went second. <laughs> you needed a Dave Gettleman to be yeah. able to do that. But, right, he did go second. So... I, right, like I think that could just be it doesn't really fit anywhere else unless you can find an idiotic GM somewhere left in the league that's going to do that super high. Who's the and who's the GM that's most likely to take a running back in the first round right now in the NFL? I might think I might say it's Jerry Jones, but he's already got two guys. <laughs> yeah, so well, that's pa- not happening. Pollard's a UFA, is he not? Pollard is Pollard's a, UFA, a UFA, and Bark or actually Elliot, I think I saw yesterday they saved seventeen million dollars by moving on from him. Like, he's either getting cut or they're restructuring that. So maybe I shouldn't rule out Dallas would do it. But, yeah, like, I'm looking right now, and I could see why someone that hasn't been in the trenches for the last three years debating what the Bills do at running back, someone that's kind of been looking at it from the outskirts, could look at the Bills and get to, yeah, I could see them drafting a running back. Especially when, like, I do this with other teams. If I'm monitoring Twitter as often as I am, and I kind of think back to, oh, weren't they connected to Barkley? Yep. And weren't they connected to McCaffrey? And they didn't do that. And, you know, they were, they were talked about for ETN, right? Like, if you connect the dots over time, it might be artificial, but it builds up to, well, they're always talked about with a guy, and they never have done yeah. it, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put a, a running back on them. Yeah, the ETN year, we talked about, you know, what are your biggest needs? What do you really need to take that 
you and that that year they end up taking boy who like can I think of that the uh, Greg Rousseau Rousseau right defensive end there there were not that many needs that year which is why we would have said ETN if you're making that point the following year it's a year they drafted a punter the only need we really identified as holy cow they got to go get that guy is a, is was corner two and yeah. they drafted that with Kyer Elam this year as we transition from like year one two to three in this conversation there are a lot more needs. You'd say oh, yeah. receiver, offensive line, potentially linebacker, safety. safety. There, there's definitely more identifiable gaps than there have been. At any other point, this running back conversation comes up, which is why when I see a mock draft for a running back, I think, come on now. Right. All right. The Draft Network, by the way, had a – did you see Kyle Krabs' mock draft from two days ago on the Draft Network? Is he on the list? He's not on the list. Okay, good. He might be on somebody else's list, though. <laughs> Here's where Kyle Krabs of the Draft Network has Bijan Robinson, the running back out of Texas, going seventh to the Raiders. Wow. Seventh. Well, Josh Jacobs about to leave, right? Yeah. 803-0550. Speaking of the Draft Network, Joe Marino joins us at the top of the hour. We'll talk to him about, I want to get his thoughts on Tremaine. What to do about Tremaine. Joe's been a guy that listening to him talk about Tremaine has kind of led me to, I think Tremaine Edmonds will be back because of how much the Bills value him. So we'll get to Joe about Tremaine Edmonds, about the Senior Bowl, as we uh, start to move towards draft season and uh, maybe get his pick on the Super Bowl as well. It's coming up top of the hour here on WGR. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. (laughs) Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at tmobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at tmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Stat of the day for you. Take to work. Take anywhere you want. Stat of the day. Before we get to Joe Marino of the Draft Network. So, Joe, mm-hmm. you may have heard the Kansas City Chiefs lead the league in snaps for rookies this year. Yes. 3,721 snaps for rookies. 
Wow. Clearly, that's a sign that they've done something right. Might, you'd think it's that they've drafted well. Okay. Fewest snaps in the league from rookies this year. Uh-huh. The Eagles. Really? 877. Okay. So, you, so know, you know, be careful if you go too hard on... It's almost le- like there are multiple ways to build a great team. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Fewest snaps in the league from rookies. Eagles. Most. Chiefs. We'll find out which one's better. Sunday. Joe Marino of the Draft Network joins us coming up. Have to catch up with Joe about uh, the Senior Bowl, Tremaine Edmonds, the Big Bills roster decisions from a free agency standpoint, all coming up. So stay tuned. Joe Marino of the Draft Network joins us for his Wednesday hit here on WGR. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them, with more coming in. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future in vehicles, and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is electrified, diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you, a hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyond zero. Toyota, let's go places.